Uh, but on that note, should we go into? Should we go into? Yeah. Right. Let's actually start the episode after already waffling on for half an hour. Do you know what? Right. Every time we do these, I'm always like, always like, oh, this is not gonna. You know, we're not gonna be taking that. Yeah. Like, oh, this is not gonna be a long one, and then we like waffle on about other shit for yeah. so long. Well, I I say that's your fault for being too interesting, but never go. <laughs> that is rich coming from you. Uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm aware of all the boring nerdy shit I'm into. <laughs> right, mate. Ekins, uh, do you have any uh, like key memories of Ekins? Yeah. So key memories of Ekins, you've got the iconic fight against Caterpie, like Ash's first fight against Team Rocket. Like that's where we meet Ekins. I think the story of how Jesse gets Ekins is very cute because um, like Ekins was a gift that was very important to her. I think there's a whole emotional narrative with Ekins. There's like in most episodes, it's just like Jesse's stooge with whatever Team Rocket are up to. Um, but then there's the episode where on like the the island of the giant mechanical Pokemon where Ash and Team's Pokemon get separated from their people and Team Rocket's Pokemon get separated as well. And like Ekins and Coughing and Bulbasaur, Squirtle and Charmander have to like team up and Meowth and Pikachu have to like team up together to get back to their people. And there's that whole conversation where like Squirtle's like, why are you so nice to us? You're baddies. Like, you're, aren't you supposed to be like attacking us? And Ekans is like, hey, I'm not a bad guy, but I'm loyal to my master. And when master says I've got to do bad stuff, I do bad stuff, okay? Like, I'm a loyal Pokemon the way I'm supposed to be. Don't you go judging me for having, being, being loyal to my master. And I thought that was really interesting. I think that's a very eye-opening scene when it comes to understanding the internal like workings mentally of Pokemon because I think the show has a very sort of mixed approach to like are Pokemon as fully sentient as people or are they more like animals and I sort of get the impression that like wild Pokemon exist more like animals they're quite happy to just like rummage around in the ground and like eat fruit and whatever but it's like when they live with people that's when they start to like develop more sentience and connect with human beings on their level just because of how wild and captured pokemon are depicted so differently even when they're the same species and i think that particular episode and that particular scene with Ekin saying, I do what my master tells me. I am not thinking about the ethics of the situation. Mm. While obviously Squirtle is mm. thinking, but then maybe Squirtle is assuming Ash is automatically good. Mm. So everything he does is good. But Ekin's also acknowledges, yeah, Jesse tells me to do bad shit. And I do the bad shit, but I do it for the right reasons. Mm which is an ethical conundrum which should be well above being in a show aimed at children yeah but there it is um and i i think the fact that that comes from ekins is a a really interesting piece of insight 
and I think it lends Ekins um, uh, a, a new level of status compared to even the other main series Pokemon that you see a lot of, because very rarely do any Pokemon make such profound comments or any comments at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Meowth, Meowth comments occasionally, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, Meowth doesn't shut the fuck up. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like that's a, that's a very good point because um, I mean I I mentioned it before that for me I view Jesse's Arbok as more more um, yeah than Jesse's Ekins and partly that is because of the amount of time that we spend with um, Arbok versus Ekins and yeah I, I think that a lot of the character development that we have with um with jesse and james happen post uh arbok and wheezing as opposed to yeah and ekins um but for me my main thing that i think of when i think of ekins is uh the uh, red and blue games where oh yeah yeah i feel like that's the first time that i come across um ekins I don't. I can't remember if they've got coughing at that at that point. Like I'm assuming that they do, you know, because they went. They went okay. What well, in the anime they must have gone okay. Which which Pokemon do we give Jesse and James? Well, the yeah. have got Ekins and coughing. Yeah. Um, but I like vividly remember not having come across um, an Ekins before Team Rocket. And I'm assuming that that's like a an intentional thing that you go, okay, this here is uh, like a bad guy's Pokemon, and yeah, and I think that there was like a certain amount of coolness factor that comes with that, and that um, it, I think it's something that has been applied to Team Rocket that a lot of the other criminal organisations have never really gotten ever since. Mm. Yeah. yeah i think it it definitely helps the team rocket was more prevalent in the show uh that um they linger longer in your mind yeah. than the because and also team rocket was in two generations team rocket was in was in gold and silver as well as red yeah. blue and yellow yeah and we've, um, and we've revisited them loads as well and yeah yeah uh, but I think but part it, of that is because I think that there is, there's, they do have, you know, they're a criminal organization. They're just, you know, stealing people's Pokemon. They're doing it for money. They're not doing it for some reason that they're going to try and shove down your throat later on or try. It's like these, it's not like Team Team Galactic or Team Plasma where it's like, okay, they're making like a point about like animal rights. And it's like, it's like these here are very clearly people that you are meant to not agree with and like and i can respect yeah that as a it might be simple but i can i can respect that as a as an artistic choice mm. yeah i think as the generations went on like the baddies got a bit more ambiguous but i think that is a trope in general like you know growing up like your baddie's your baddie like jafar wants to take power mm. you know carl wants to eat you to use examples i've already mentioned today yeah. but like as and it's not even just because like i've got older and i'm watching more nuanced shows like 
even kids media that comes out today um it, you know like look at frozen originally elsa was supposed to be the baddie obviously hans is also a terrible baddie but like the idea is you understand why they're upset you understand the injustice that caused them to um you know become what they did because they didn't see a reason with a, a way within the system to impact the change they needed so they resorted to like terrorism effectively mm-hmm. and it's like that is a more common narrative now you get these like ambiguous nuanced villains where you understand where they're coming from but you disagree with their approach and at the end like your hero learns like from the villain's perspective and starts to implement whatever systemic changes need to be done like like it's like with black panther everyone's on fucking killmonger's side until you realize he's killmonger when he's just a guy that's like my people have been treated like shit for fucking hundreds centuries and now i'm looking at something that should belong to my family in a museum run by white people you're like yes that guy is correct and then it's like they had to have him do something as horrible as like shoot his own girlfriend in the face um while she was being held hostage in order to make sure that we weren't on his side like he had to be inhumane but the fact that he had an argument that made sense is what gave the story its depth and i think obviously that is um an example more extreme than you're going to see in pokemon but it is a thing that you also see in pokemon like n saying um you know people should be even more kind to pokemon we shouldn't be keeping them in pokeballs even though like literally the message you get when you win red and blue is like you won because you you care about your pokemon and you trust them and you love them mm-hmm. and it's like n's whole bit is we should be caring for them more yeah except takes it to an extreme and then becomes the baddie yeah. shoots but, his girlfriend in the but, face but also on the flip side it's like you know there's nothing wrong with having you know like to use a, a, kind of like yeah. a, like a film like like you saying that about um about like Killmonger it, it just made me think that like you know sometimes Hans Gruber is also fine you know like like Hans, yeah 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 you know someone who's just you can't have the same story told over and over again or you get bored like you need a variety of stories mm-hmm. and sometimes you want to sit back and have a clear black and white baddie and Giovanni was a good clear black and white baddie yeah I yeah, think, and yeah. I think I think that sometimes people don't. I, like I understand like the wanting for like like shades of grey. Like I, you know, like, I love films and media where there's like grey and like noir and um, you know, like it, like Goodfellas and The Godfather and you know, like, all you know, like, all these things where it's like it's like there's no there's no real good and there's no real bad, but also you know. Pantomimes are really popular for a reason as well. Yeah. And, and that one's the baddie. We're all going to boo him when he comes on. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Pokemon's never, other than in the remakes, I feel like it's never really gone back to that. And it's like, yeah. So, you know, maybe they could. May, like, like, is there any reason why they couldn't go, okay, you know, I'm not saying to do this, but is there any reason why they couldn't do a new one? And it's like, I'm the guy who took over after Giovanni. And we're just out to make loads of money, and we're gonna 
we're gonna cut off Slowpoke's tails and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sell them for people to eat. Is there any reason do why you they know, can't do that? Do you know why I think they won't? It's because I think they're getting like more and more like child friendly. Because like the latest bad guy was just a bunch of bullied kids. Oh yeah, I've, oh, like I mean, people who watched the the stream on this channel, I was like, I was like, how am I meant to? How am I? Oh, sorry, my cat just kicked the on air sign off. Um, <laughs> um, how, how am I meant to not be like, oh, this this feels mm. lame, <laughs> like real yeah. lame. Yeah, and like so, and again, it's like. At the end, you're on their side because they were just retaliating to something that was worse to them. Um, and I feel like it didn't really land because everyone in the game is really nice. You don't see any evidence of like any other bullying. I think if they just had some NPCs go, oh, that kid's got ugly hair, you know, like you'd be like, instead of giving you helpful hints and tips about Pokemon all the time, it would feel a bit more like there was bullying going on in the school. It didn't really it wasn't the only thing in that game that didn't land but like the whole story isn't even just oh and you empathize with the baddie but you disagree with their methods it's and then you're literally on their side and you join them basically which i think would be more fun if you had the option to join team rocket yeah but like i think because they've gone so so far into like it's not like a world-ending catastrophe like ruby and sapphire anymore like it's it's like so heavily leaning into this game is for kids shut up you stupid 30 somethings it's not for you be quiet attacking us personally yeah. um, by making their game so much for kids i really hope there's gonna be a spin-off that is the grown-up one the the team rocket version where like it's drawing heavily on like the darkness in the manga and you have the option to join team rocket and be a baddie and they're actually a real legitimate threat that you can see because i feel like i don't want to say the games are I, like i really don't want to cross like oh back in my day pokemon was good because i really do like some of the choices they're making in the newer games i think legends arceus was fucking brilliant however like it it just feels really patronizing to the children playing it now that like in Pokemon Red and Blue and Yellow you are fighting a mob boss and in this one you're like dealing with private school bullies. Yeah. Ugh, like yeah. that's ugh. Yeah. And it's like it's like uh like I agree with you in terms of, you know you know like Pokemon are probably not going to go. Okay, let, they've spent so long not catering to the the over thirties market. That it's like they probably won't now. I mean, they've got the thirtieth anniversary coming up in like just over two years' time now. So maybe they'll do some stuff for that. But it's like you know, if you're going to do it for kids, fair enough. Or for all ages, right? Fair enough. But it's like you know, why why not lean into making the villains a little bit more one dimensional every now and then? Yeah. You know, it's like I, as a six-year-old, wasn't going. Oh, I tell you this, it's. Uh, I, I really wonder what the ethics are. It's like. Yeah. It's like don't steal. That's the lesson. You just don't steal shit from people. Mm. But like, and also, I actually really like it because you can go into like 
Silfco and steal their Silfscope. So it's like, don't steal from individuals, steal from massive corporations that are ruining the country. I love that message. I've said this multiple times. <laughs> Every stream I'm ever on, I'm like, you know, shop local, shoplift corporate. Like, I have, I make no bones. <laughs> what, the, the person wearing the anarchy hat is pro-anarchy. In... This, this, this is this is austerity dogs, mate. Oh, this is, is Jono's band. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was. Maybe because I can only see it as like a little, like a little. Yeah, thing. yeah. There he does. So very cool. While we're, while we're talking about anarchy, I'm gonna get banned up. That I feel like we should do like a listen along sometime because they're well fucking fun. Uh, and I remembered it when I was talking about N, who's obviously whose um, motivation was we shouldn't be keeping Pokemon in Pokeballs. We should be like letting them run free. Essentially, the PTA of the Pokemon world. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is a band, there is a punk band, which is which basically funnels a number of like social anarchist punk messages through songs about Pokemon. Oh, and wow. their oh, lyrics wow. are some of the finest wordplay I've ever heard. They are called Pokemon Liberation Army and they are fucking incredible. I'm just going to pop a link to them in the chat because I, I'm obsessed with them. Uh, I saw them at Manchester Punk Festival um, in 2019, and they were really fucking good. I don't think they've released anything in a while. I think they, like, did what they were going to do and then kind of left it there. They're not, like, continuing to do shitloads more pokemon themed music but like they've made some pretty pretty fun stuff yeah. uh, and i think we should <laughs> we should do something about do something that we should see what their favorite pokemon is and see if they want to come on yeah. guest on that episode yeah. <laughs> um i mean i um i um i on the note of music i i think that pokemon has got some bangers in terms of um the game soundtracks and uh some of the like anime soundtracks so like i think lavender towns a tune uh a lance's theme team rocket's theme um the do you know what i what i loved uh in sword and shield um i thought t team yell had a had a banger of a theme uh, and i also thought that um the whenever you went for and had like a a Pokemon gym, um, gym leader mm -hmm. battle, and it was like, bah, bah, da, bah, da, bah. and it was like, like, oh my god, this is like. Sometimes I'd be like, you know, I'm just gonna listen to this before I get into the battle. Um, but yeah, I think Pokemon has got a real history of some absolute bangers. Yeah, absolutely cracking soundtracks. Mm. Um, should we get back to Ekans at any yeah. point? Uh, just. <laughs> To be a master um, CD, yeah, multiple tunes, uh, and the Pokemon movie third movie uh, cover of the uh, Pokemon Johto Journeys uh, is a great. To be fair, that is still one of my favourite theme tunes in all of television. Yeah, Pokemon yeah. Johto. It's so fucking good. It's just so catchy. Yeah, it's a whole new world. New we world we live in. Uh, yeah, and then when they did like the the high like the high production version for the film, 
tune. Oh, and Pokemon Journeys as well. That is. Yeah, there there are just a lot of a lot of really good. Yeah, whoever's in charge of the music of Pokemon is doing a good fucking job. Mm. But yes, so we go back to Ekins and maybe have a look at the deck entries. Yes, I think that sounds like a very uh, smart next step. Okay, you know, so there they are. There, um, um, I had actually forgotten about their uh, like the how much yellow is on them uh, when I did my image. Um, I, I tell you, one of the problems I had as well looking at this piece of artwork was I was aware it does look a little bit like the poo emoji. I mean, how else do you expect a snake to sit? True, true. Um, but yes, um, I feel like I had a lot going against me when I needed to draw Ekins for this. Um, so we're going to go to its deck entries, which is down there. Um, this entry was originally untranslated in English, so it's really used in... Ah, right, it's got red and green here. Uh, so we're... it had a different entry in Japan that they just haven't bothered to include here despite including it. Yeah. Which is a first. Like, we haven't seen a Japanese entry mm. yet, but I guess if it was used in, in Fire Red... Yeah, it'll come up. Mm, it'll makes come sense. Up. Should, um, well, should we, should we loop back to that one once we hit Gen 3? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we get to it, we'll get to it. Okie doke. Right, so I'm immediately enjoying the first the first entry moves silently and stealthily eats the eggs of birds such as pigeon spiro hole links it to the real world and i also like the fact that it's connected it to another pokemon that it's eating the eggs of i do i do like the ones where it shows their relationship in the wild yeah um and yeah i feel like we've got a little bit of lore and i'm also guessing as well the fact it's like it's got that in there and that is something that you know is potentially a little bit upsetting for like young people to read they must have um highlighted ekins early on as like one of the villain pokemon yeah yeah i can believe that ekins was designed as a villain pokemon because they're like right what things are kids scared of and also, like, what is bad? And, like, kids are scared of snakes and pollution is bad. And then you get Ekins and coughing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there is there is that theory about um, Kanto being, like, heavily industrialised. And that's why there is stuff like yes. coughing and Grimer and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And, like, they live, like, near the skyscrapers usually as well. Like, they're in the, the bit that goes towards... Um, the bigger cities in the centre of the map that are like the landlocked areas, um, yeah. which I think is a, a valid parallel to reality. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure if I'm right, Grimer turns up for the first time in Celadon City in the patch of water that's in the middle of the city, yes, which implies yeah, that it's you can... not as nice as it looks. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember surfing in that bit for fucking hours looking for a Grimer. Mm. Um, no, I remember fishing in it because I knew it was there, but I didn't have surf yet. Yeah. But you don't get it fishing, you get it surfing because I guess it's like a stain on the top of the water. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing that I do like about Gen 1, that, you know, there is those elements to it that it's like, they must have thought about this a lot because it was in mm. production for longer than any of the other games. Yeah, all of the others which are thrown together in like 
three months before they have to start grinding to get it out. Yeah. Um, so, shall we go into the yellow? Because uh, the older it, it gets, the longer it grows. At night, it wraps its long body around tree branches to rest. I do like the thing about it getting older because there is, like, evidence throughout the Pokemon series that evolving doesn't mean you're older. It just means you've, like, leveled up. Yeah. Or have chosen to evolve. Yeah. Uh, in the show, at least. And, like, I like that you can have, like, really old, long Ekans look at it, looking looking over its Arbok grandchildren. Yeah. Like, I think that's a cute, cute mental image. Yeah. Well, and I do, I do like those little sort of snippets of, like, when there's not a trainer dictating what this Pokemon does, this is what could happen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got a, like, a headcanon, uh, you know, I've mentioned it a couple of times on this uh, podcast, that it's like, um, that it's like, um, some of the kind of entries are from, like, the, um, from, like, the professors and specific to your Pokemon. And, you know, in terms of, like, this, so it'll say here, um, I'm a sh let's find height. So like it's got height six foot seven, two meters. Like that for me must like my head cannon is right, a professor measured one yeah. that is six foot seven and then that's been put in there. But I feel like some people get so hung up on you know like like I saw a meme about it the other day and it was like this Pokemon weighs as much as this Pokemon and it like gave you the exact thing. And it's like, Well, I don't think that they all weigh that exact yeah. amount. Um, they're gonna vary in size like that was a whole mechanic in arceus it was like find me the biggest one of these it was a mechanic in like some of the really early games as well like there's a lot of them where it's like get me the biggest magic up you can yeah and you go and you show the guy a magic up that you've like i think that was in fucking gold and silver at the lake of rage yeah. there's a guy saying please show me a big magic up yeah. and then in gen 3 there's a guy saying show me a big barboach and you go out and you like catch a bunch of the same pokemon to find the biggest one and i like that they factored it in in a visual way for arceus mm. uh in a way that they really couldn't before you don't get their stats until you've caught them so you just have to catch loads and hope yeah um and no i think you make a, an absolutely very fair point it's like i reckon these stats should be more of like a range because yeah. then it's like how tall is a human it's like well some of us are massive and some of us aren't like mm -hmm. True, 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 true. Um, so we've got we got Stadium Professor as we as we know on this podcast. He is the uh, he is one of the hashtag mad lads. Um, <laughs> you know, don't uh, don't get on with with Professor Oak. Uh, slivers silently through grass, searching for its favorite food, specifically its favorite food, uh, which to me adds a slight dynamic in that there must be some element of it. Uh, seeking out Pidgeon Sparrow eggs in order to Yeah, to but then maybe, again, this is a thing where he might have just seen one Ekans that has it as a favourite food. Yeah. There's one Ekans in Stadium Professor's lab that will, like, sneak away from, like, freshly prepared different food to eat the Pidgeon Sparrow eggs the Professor's trying to look after. And he's got so fucked off at this cheeky Ekans trying to eat its other Pokemon that he 
he's put it in his Pokedex. Like, fine, this is your favorite, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, and... maybe it's just that one Ekans. Maybe other Ekans yeah. is like other stuff. Yeah. I mean, on that note, I mean, I have I have multiple cats, so you know, yeah. future future podcasts may feature other cats, but this particular <laughs> cat here, uh, yeah, I mean, cameos and that in it. Um, this particular cat here, their favorite food is uh, Dreamies. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of the the cat brand of food, Dreamies. Mm-hmm. But uh, you put... are you hoping for a sponsorship here? Is that is that why you keep saying it? Well, uh, I may or may not have a small tabby cat with its with its paw up my back, operating me like a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, Dreamies. Dreamies is what should uh, sponsor this podcast. Um, but I do have another cat called Mick, and he he would happily eat um chicken like uh you know like that you would put on like sandwiches morning day and night um if you were to put that in front of him in and dreamies he would go for the for the chicken so maybe there was a ekins that had spear on pidgey eggs in front of it and maybe whatever the pokemon equivalent of dreamies are and it was like no pidgey and spear eggs every single time Yep. Yeah. That's. I feel like that's definitely um, definitely a, a fair fair guess to make. I think we might be on something here. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've done this enough now that I feel like I understand Stadium Professor's psyche. Uh, he. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if because uh, we know that he's been smashing up metapods. We know that he's been. <laughs> We're all... starting to understand this man. So maybe We've... he was like, he was like, bring me some pigeon sparrow eggs. And it's like, well, well, will that not kill the pigeon sparrow? Bring me pigeon sparrow eggs, and you don't question me. <laughs> and then, are you going to put that? Fucker, yeah, are you going to put that in front of the poor lab assistant that Stadium <laughs> Professor sent to get the sparrow eggs? <laughs> Oh, and I'm pretty sure Stadium Professor said some stuff about Spearow being like a bitey, stubby little cunt. Yeah, yeah, he did. And, and they were like, <laughs> well, how am I going to... ...to fetch the Spearow eggs. Yeah, how how many do you want? I want I want, I want, want at least at least seven or eight. Well, how am I meant to carry them? Take this Metapod shell <laughs> fill them maybe up. Maybe that's why... Maybe that's why I think Spearow is so bitey, because he wrote the Spearow entry after he'd fed... Ekins, all of Spiro's babies. My God, we are through the looking. And Spiro was like, "Come the fuck near me again." And Stadium <laughs> Professor was like, "All right, this one's a bitey little shit. Like he hadn't just stolen all of its babies and uh, fed them to a snake." Wow, God, you know what? I think Stadium Professor maybe, uh, maybe got sacked after the first generation. <laughs> <laughs> They were like, uh, I, what do they call it now? You know, when you take like a complaint to HR, like a grievance. I bet you there was numerous grievances put in against Stadium Professor. By the Spearow. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, they're like, uh, yeah. And, uh, and if we could just get a member of the union there. And they're like, okay, we've got, got a member of the union. We've got this, we've got this, I don't know. Uh, we've got this, this slow bro here. As a member of the union, hello. Uh, and do you have anything to say against Stadium Professor? Yeah, is this all being written down? Yeah, it is, yeah. He called me stubby-beaked, and then he fed my children to an Ekans. <laughs> he fed my children to an Ekans. 
yeah, that's a pretty severe HR violation. Uh, yeah. Well, now we know why you didn't make it past Stadium 2. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's, okay. Okay. Should we head into gold? Let's move on to gold. Yeah. So gold says it can freely detach its jaw to swallow large prey whole. It can become too heavy to move, however. Which vibes. Yeah. Uh, I'm here for it. I've I've seen videos on the internet of like, of like a snake eating something that's far too big for it. And mm -hmm. you and I look at it, and it's like I know exactly how that snake feels because I have, I have like gone back for seconds at Christmas time. Yeah, I was like, whenever I'm, whenever I drunk get food, yeah, I always like, I'm pretty good at being like, I'm done. I'm gonna save the rest of this for my hangover breakfast. But I always eat like one slice of pizza too many. I'm always like, I'm done one more and then i'm done and then i'm like i shouldn't have had that one more i knew i was done and I st that's me that's me as an ekans yeah and then you go the and then you go in my face yeah you go one more no one one more and then i'm done and then you're like <laughs> oh <laughs> anyway yeah that's that's yeah. ekans yeah um silver on the other hand has quite a cute one it always hides in grass when first born it has no poison so its bite is painful but harmless i think i think that's quite cute i'm just imagine like a little little chompy boy yeah can't poison you just just give you a little chomp yeah i mean i wonder how big they I are how... like when they're born <laughs> and so they just come straight out at six foot like i mean i feel like if if like steve Irwin was still about though you know steve like a steve Irwin type character would would make like a, a fantastic pokemon um yeah like trainer you know he's, he's like he's like a conservationist and stuff and and i bet you oh, yeah yeah and i bet you if they got in touch with the estate they'd they'd allow for for something like that um but like when it said that it reminded me of of you know when i don't know if you ever used to watch him back in the day uh just like just like i remember there was a there was like a a clip where he opened up the bonnet of his car and like a, a snake jumped out of it and he had to like jump out of the way. Yeah, and it made me think of that. Uh, and then for someone to be like, no, 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 it's fine. It's pain is bite. It's bite is painful, but ultimately harmless. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, right, we'll go next. Uh, Crystal says it flutters the tip of its tongue to seek out the scent of prey and swallows the prey whole. I mean, that's just like all snakes, right? Yeah. All prey seeking snakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's the first time. It, it, I feel like they have come into this like it's very snake heavy, and I know that Ekins is just snake backwards, which is like yes, that was one of those. You know, before like the did you know gaming type YouTube channels, like that was one of the things that people would say. You know, when I was like a kid, they'd be like, "Oh, did you know that Ekins is snake backwards, and like Cobra, yeah, Arbok is Cobra backwards." But it does. Yeah. It does feel like they could be a. Other than the pigeon sparrow eggs, they've gone very heavy on it just being a snake. It just being a snake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um. Well, let's carry on and see if there's anything else. Um. Can freely detach its jaw. Can't move. So the stadium two is the same as gold. Yeah. Again, I've um, hard relate with that. 
Okay, so we're yep. so we're now at Gen three, and we know that Gen three is a bit of a bit of a furry. Um, yeah. So let's see if that uh, if that continues on. Um, and I'm also curious to see what Fire Red and Leaf Green have got going for it, given that we now know that this is a direct translation of the Japanese text. Yeah, so Ruby and Sapphire says, Ekans curls itself up in a spiral while it rests. Assuming this position allows it to quickly respond to a threat from any direction with a glare from its upraised head. Um, it's basically the same in Emerald as well. Yeah. What, um, I'm, what I'm hoping for is... So this is another fact about snakes that I think is fairly well known. Uh, yeah. That if you like cut the head off a snake, with certain types of snake, it can like still bite because it's like it's so mm. instinctual. Uh, yeah. So I'm hoping that there's going to be something in there if they're going to go hard snake. That it's going to be like I'd... it. It it is like so instinctual that you don't even think about it. And if you cut one's head off, it will still bite you. But I yeah. feel like they won't go with bite, cut the head off one. No, I don't. I don't think they'd go that far. If they did, then that professor would definitely get disbarred. Um, <clears throat> but I quite like this one because so in Emerald it says can respond to an enemy from any direction with a threat from its upraised head. Yeah. But in Ruby and Sapphire, it says can respond to a threat from any direction with a glare from its upraised head. And I quite like the one that says glare because that's one of Ekans' signature moves, yeah. is glare. Yeah, so it is. And I think that ties it into how it performs in-game quite cutely. Mm, yeah. yeah. Although glare is one of the moves that I don't generally use. No, I don't use it either, but it's it's one of Ekans' key moves. Yeah. So I think, like, if you are a glare user, then I think that's a nice little Easter egg in the yeah. in the Pokedex. Um, then we've got Fire Red and Leaf Green, which are the uh, original Japanese, finally translated. Yeah. Uh, a very common sight in grassland, etc. It flicks its tongue in and out to sense danger in its surroundings, which I feel like was a little underwhelming considering the weight. Yeah. And in addition, <laughs> it says very common. It's like you don't come, you don't come across it until after Mount Moon. So how common yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, it's really not that common. Maybe there's just not enough grassland in Kanto to to justify being. Is maybe it's very common in different grasslands because I always thought of Ekans as quite a rare Pokemon. Like I know where you get it, but it's only really in like one little patch. Mm. Is basically just outside Mount Moon. Yeah. And if you don't, if you, if you are, if you have been rinsed by Zubat yeah. in Mount Moon and you don't want to go through all the grass looking for Pokemon before you've gone to a Pokemon Center, you can't get back up those ledges for a long fucking time. You've just got that one little patch of grass. Yeah. Oh, that's one thing that I don't like from the new games as well. It's like, it's like, you know, in Red and Blue, you... I'm going to sound like a real old man now, right? Red and Blue, you get through Mount Moon, and then and then Blue is there, and it's like, yeah. right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you on. Uh, it's like, he don't care. He does not care. Yeah. You know, like, He's like, oh, you're weak. I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think there was a definite shift in the way that the Pokemon games play. Um, and I think in Gen 4, when... The, the rival character 
stopped choosing the Pokemon that's strong against you and started choosing the starter that's weak against you. Mm-hmm. And it just got easier from there. Like, when they're like, oh, before we battle, I'll heal up your Pokemon so you're yeah. at top strength. Like, fuck off. Oh, Challenge mate. me. Yeah. I... I feel like... And, like, even if they just introduced an option to be like, if you play in hard mode, they won't heal up your Pokemon. Yeah. And, like, there are bits where another character will, like, come and join you. And on the one hand, I like doing more double battles. Yeah. But I would rather do it with my team. I don't want some fucking random coming in and ruining my, admittedly, half assed strategy. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, I'll heal up your Pokemon again. And it's like, this isn't challenging. Yeah. Like, part of it was, how much money am I going to spend on, like, medicines compared to Pokeballs? Part of it was, like, figuring out how far I can actually get with the team that I have, like what I can actually manage to do. And I feel like not having to factor in that element of strategy to your journey yeah. really means the new Pokemon games lose something. Yeah, Like every yeah. time a character offers to heal my Pokemon, it just, I just go, like yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't feel excited about the fight we're about to have. Yeah compared to the way that i used to it doesn't feel like i've like doesn't that victory doesn't feel like it's worth as much yeah uh and as as an additional point uh a hop made me feel like a dick every single time i came (laughs) on what exactly about hop's attitude towards you didn't you like because i kept on battering him and he'd be like oh, I'll do better next time. And it's like, you're yeah. making me, you're making me the rival here. You are making me the Gary Oak. <laughs> yeah. Have you played the Scarlet and Violet DLC? I have not played the Scarlet and Violet DLC. Would you recommend it? No, I just wouldn't. It's not good. Like all of the ability to roam free that you get in Scarlet and Violet is taken away. And you have to follow the narrative with the company of the two most annoying fucking NPCs I've ever played with in my life. Like, they're these, like, siblings who, like, bicker, and one's, like, shy to the point that I want to slap him. (laughs) Uh, And the other one has, like, anger issues and is probably the reason he's so fucking nervous all the time and, like, screams at people. And I'm like, I don't like either of you. Go away. Like, leave me alone to, like, run around and do this adventure without you because you're a pair of little punts. And <laughs> I didn't like it. didn't like it at all. Uh, um, because those two characters were really fucking annoying. Just as I was... It, it was like they, they held your hand through every fucking plot point. You just, like, ran for five minutes on your own and, and then they're right there again being annoying. And, like, this kid is is, like pestering you and is like apologizing all the time for like oh i'm not in your way am i and i'm like yes you're in my fucking way actually go away <laughs> i didn't like it i didn't think it was good i think the writing was poor i think the the choices all of the choices were wrong i didn't like it and yet i'm gonna spend another 30 fucking pounds on the next bit of course i am because this fucking company has their hooks in me what? But what to you? you, if you they have their do, hooks in you, and you do a you do a podcast about about if you, uh, about if you the do, medium. 
if you do play and stream the um uh the dlc i really look forward to hearing what you think about these annoying fucking characters because if you didn't like hop you're gonna fucking hate kieran oh well i i mean i will endeavor to have it looked at at least by the the raichu episode because uh i feel like we're gonna be i mean we've we've already been here for ages on on uh ekins we can't afford for these kind of uh, yeah, kind of we can't have on a... Yeah, we've got to focus on Pikachu. We're going to be here for fucking ever. Yeah. Anyway, Ekans. Um, Leaf Green is the same as the earlier one. So they only... It's the same as Red and Blue. So they only translated something for Fire Red. Yeah. Uh, Diamond and Pearl, it sneaks through grass without making a sound and strikes unsuspecting prey from behind. Again, just a snake. Yeah. Um... Then we've got Heart Gold. It can freeze attack to store a large prey hole and become too heavy to move. We've got that. Then Soul Silver, back to when it's first born, it has no poison. Black, White, and both of those two return soon. It sneaks through grass without making a sound and strikes unsuspecting prey from behind. So we're not getting anything new. Nope. X has. X is back to getting long and old. Uh, y, moving silently and stealthily and eating eggs. Ruby and Alpha, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire go um, back to the glare that I liked. Yeah. The glare from its upraised head. Right, and next we've got um, Gen 7, who we know is a young, we know young plucky a professor. Swinger. Yeah, who I think that this is uh, someone who's trying to earn their, you know, earn their, their keep as a professor. Yeah. These ones actually do get, give us the first new pieces of information we've had in a hot minute. Yeah. Um, Ultra Sun has, by dislocating its jaw, it can swallow prey larger than itself. After a meal, it fills up and rests. Again, mood. That's a vibe. Yeah. I've like, been there. if this was this was how they described Ekans all the time, I would very much uh, identify with that Pokemon. Ultra Moon, the eggs of bird Pokemon, are its favorite food. It swallows eggs whole, so sometimes an egg gets stuck and Ekans faints. Oh, that's very, and that is very endearing, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's adorable, and I would love to, like, see a professor be like, oh shit, my Ekans is fainted, have to, like, pick it up and, like, squeeze the egg back out. Yeah. Um, Pick up a six-foot snake and squeeze a Spearow egg out of its gullet. Yeah. Or having to explain that to Nurse Joy. Well, well, what happened? Did you have a really, uh, really intense battle? Nah, it was. Uh, they were just. It just came across a tree. Choked on its dinner. Yeah. <laughs> they tried to eat a Spiro egg. Spiro didn't even notice and peck its eyeballs out like you'd expect. It just choked on it and and passed out. Yeah. Um. um let's go, Pikachu and Eevee. Get back to getting old and long. Uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl go back to sneaking through grass and striking unsuspecting prey from behind. Scarlet detaches its jaw and becomes too heavy to move. And then Violet back to a common sight in grasslands. Um, which I think is a more appropriate... Um, uh, definition for violet than it is oh. for wherever it was we heard it before, like red and blue. Where, no, where was it? Uh... 
Um, oh, uh, apologies. Um, yeah, I think I think it being in violet, where there are many more grasslands is more relevant to like where it was before where in an earlier generation there wasn't a lot of grassland for it to appear in um so i think revisiting that pokedex entry uh made sense there yes um yeah yeah i'll tell you this uh i, I want to say right i don't know about yourself but uh, i've not uh i've not massively revisited the previous episodes since we uh, put them out but i want to say this is the first um gen one pokemon that has got a gen nine entry in quite some time hmm that could be because we started doing this show before they released all of the old starters into gen nine oh, when really? the dlc came out yeah they did oh that. i didn't know that yeah, yeah yeah like all of you so basically in the dlc the professor gives you a random egg mm. and it's a starter. You don't know which starter it could be. It's I think it's at random, yeah. any starter from previous games. And so all of the starters are now available in generation nine, which means if we were to go back and do like the first nine Pokemon, yeah. um we would we would get um Pokedex entries for Gen 9 from Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur lines. But we did those episodes before that bit of the game was out. Yeah. So. Ah, I never knew that. I just thought yeah. they'd gone. That they'd gone. Right, we're just not going to do much for Gen 1 in Gen 9. There's a bit for Gen 1. There's not loads. Um, there's more now. I want to say they introduced some Gen 1 stuff in the DLC. They didn't introduce a lot of new stuff, to be honest. Um, like, like, so you get like a new Pokedex, and if you've completed or nearly completed the Pokedex for the original bit of the game, you'll be halfway done already. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't put much new stuff in. Oh, well. <laughs> One might say uh, that's indicative of how they treat the cities. Hmm. So, should we have a look at Smogon and see where we're at? Let's have a look at Smogon. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not expecting its stats to be enormous. Oh well, yeah, you're not wrong. We've got here, it's in the little cup. Uh, yep. Its highest stat is Attack, which I think makes sense. It being a, uh, a snake. Uh, it's also got, it's got relatively low speed, um, um, uh, like speed Maybe attack. that's why it has to sneak up on everything from behind. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's got mm -hmm. a speed of 55, but uh, a special attack, sorry, I misread that. So it's got an okay speed, um, but a low special attack. So uh, probably if you're going to use an Ekins, it is probably not going to do you very much good not going to do you very much good yeah so this here we've got as um well it says four um 
for Ekins here is Ekins carves itself as a, a niche in the little cup as the only viable coil sweeper and it is quite an offensive presence after coil boosts. Its expansive move pool includes many coverage moves such as Earthquake and Sucker Punch to hit specific threats as well as utility options like Glare, which we already mentioned as its like signature move. And its typing yep. grants it resistance from common fighting moves as well as fairy and poison type moves, allowing it to check Pokemon such as Timber, Mindfo. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Spritzy and Fungus. Uh, so it looks like they actually are saying it, it's, it's half decent. Uh, thanks to its yeah, its but given you've... the kind of Pokemon you see in the little cup, you know this one has something you can actually like build a strategy out of. Yeah, because I think most of the Pokemon in the little cup, you they are like they're just not gonna. You're not gonna choose to do that over doing something with one of their evolved forms. There are not not that many little cup Pokemon that people really bother to keep yeah. around. You know. Yeah, totally. So, should we uh, should we give it our Trubbish rating? Yeah. Uh, so. I... Oh, go on. Go on, you go first. You go first. Well, I have been somewhat disappointed by... I felt like, because of the fact it's uh, connected to... Because um, of the fact it's connected to um, Team Rocket, I was expecting for there to be a lot more lore-connected um yeah so uh i feel like i'm disappointed at the uh lack i feel like they just went down the it's a snake route versus this is the main pokemon used by nefarious people and i'm gonna struggle to give it more than uh than a four okay i think i think i agree i think the pokedex entries are underwhelming yeah um i think there is while i understand that they did like simplicity in the early generations compared to the later games where things have been done and they have yeah. to get a bit more finicky with it so i don't want to feel like oh it's boring compared to like newer snakes but at the same time i think that it doesn't have loads going for it but I think I would bump it up to a five, but only because of that really that that moment in the show uh, where it's Ekins that gives you an insight into like a Pokemon's mental approach to a Pokemon trainer relationship, which I think is a very unique moment in the whole show, a very memorable moment. And I think it just like gives Ekins that extra little point. 